Uduwasha city, where the sun is a mirror and the moon a shadow. 800 years ago, the gates of death were broken by the Emperor Immortal. The five key bearers, however, had already unlocked them and walked right through. It is in Uduwasha city they dwell. Now, the ghost field breathes next to our reality, lit by the eternal flame of the well of Udu. It is a second skin, a place where thought and will struggle against gravity and light. In other places, the dead congregate in the ghost field, but in Uduwasha, the well city, the hell city, they fall straight into the flames. See its glittering districts, Chitichpur, where the rich plot to buy the horizon, Bundavest, where the refugees of two different nations flock, and Pasarhantu, the vertical maze of market and murder. And here is Udepat, where the ceaseless temple resides. Its inhabitants, a family, a snake, and a god. The temple has stood since before the gods of this world were forgotten. Watch as it turns the wheels of revolution. Welcome to Desperate Retune, an actual play podcast about people who take risks so they can survive against the odds. Well, hi. Uh, welcome back to Desperate Retune and our current campaign of Blades in the Dark called A Candle Ablaze, set in the city of Uduwasha. I'm Tree, or Saumitri, I'm your GM, and I will be running this game for you today. My name is Emma, I am playing Joan, a retired ghost fighter, and I use she, her pronouns. Hi, I'm Chloe. In real life, my name is Zohab, and I'm a he, him, and I'm playing Miras Chakraborty, the crew's leech, who is an engineer turned cult leader. I'm Prince, he, him, I play Vickers, a roof baller and Miras' wife. I'm Soap, I play Abbas, the religious scholar, and uh, pain in Miras' side. And um, yeah, my pronouns are he and him. Oh, I actually forgot my pronouns, which are all of them. Um, I really don't care. Some time ago, the disciples received word that their temple would be inspected by the Udaput Development and Restoration Committee. The inspection would be led by Begun Bashundara, who would use it as grounds to declare the temple structurally unsound and renovated as something else. Perhaps a shopping mall. Last episode began with a standoff between Bashundara's thugs and their main opponent, the Udaput Society for the Preservation of Landmarks and Heritage. Abbas and Joan stood caught in the middle. In the background, a roofball match between Vickers, Angels of Death and Marion Scovlanders. That match was the reason for all the crowds present at the temple that day. Bashundara demanded that the athletes and their audience be thrown out of the temple so that the inspection could proceed. Tensions rose. One of the thugs lashed out. Miras tried to intervene, but he got punched in the face. Before matters could escalate further, he was saved, if it can be called that, by Vicar's sister. Her name was Elizabeth. No one called her Lizzie, thank you very much. She took Miraz aside, a rapier in her hand, and demanded that he explain his dealings with the Hive. What sort of man had Vickers married? Did he not understand how dangerous these people were? 
back to the standoff, where Joan commanded with something infinite in her voice that everyone involved would present themselves before his majesty, the serpent. They were in his house, after all. It is rude to crash a party without introducing yourself to the host. The snake, who was overlooking the roof ball match, had quite an effect on the new guests. For a moment Joan thought that the threat had been averted, that His Majesty would scoff at those who would demolish his temple and cast them out of his sanctum. But it shouldn't surprise her that he, who is the value of change made manifest, found their plans amusing. Yes, the temple was in need of renovation, and those present would form a committee to draw up the necessary plans. Meanwhile, the roofball match was a maze of twists and revelations. Vickers managed to kick Marion off the roof, but her team had been infiltrated by two hive goons who were actively working against them. They now had the ball and would have managed to score an own goal if Abbas hadn't intervened. Remembering his younger years, he infiltrated Marion's team and, in the captain's absence, directed them to take the ball from the goons. He directed them so well, in fact, that they actually scored a goal against Vickers' team. Alas, life is full of these little ironies. We left Abbas at the kickoff, still elated at his success, as he decided where to kick the ball for the next round. And that's where today's episode picks up. Okay, here is where my plan comes in perfectly. So, as this is happening, so. If I understand correctly, I have kicked Marion off the roof. She's like out of the action for quite a while. Yeah, and I have landed on the roof where she was. Like I didn't go down with her. I slammed into her, I threw her off, and I'm on their roof. So what I'm going to do is with their entire team over by my goal, I'm going to steal their goalpost. <laughs> like literally pick yes. it up. And so I'm going to snag the flag that they are carrying, and then I'm going to wave it to signal to Abbas to, of course, kick the ball to me, because own goals count. And if they kick the ball at their own goal. Then they can't get 40 points for okay. the kick. Yes. Then we get points. Okay. This sounds like a roll. Um... Mm -hmm. All right. C can we recontextualize this to say that, like, I think uh, it, if Abbas is caught up in the euphoria of having just, you know, led his team to 40 points, then maybe Abbas can kick it like any random direction. You know, and I think he would. He's just, he's just so happy. Yeah. He's going to kick it any old way. And you can then strategically put the goalpost there. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm doing. Like, I'm looking at you where you're kicking it, and then I'm picking up their goalpost. I'm running okay, okay. to where it lands, and I'm going to make right. sure that they score an own goal immediately after we have. <laughs> that should confuse the scoring. Okay. So I think I'm doing a prowl. I think that the the risk is is desperate, and this may not sound like a desperate consequence, but the desperate con consequence is 40 points, and not to you. Right? That's a hefty lead. Um, yeah. Uh, but you can do this, like absolutely, standard effect. Uh, this is what this is what roofball is, after all. And okay, just to be clear, if you push for a fact, I think great effect here is that you would also start the timer on like the captains, because I think maybe what it is is roofball ends when the two captains have been separated for some length of time. Uh huh. Okay. Can Abbas assist me here? Is that a possibility? Because then I get great effect, but I don't know if he is necessarily. I could. I mean, I, I don't have to assist you intentionally. Yeah. 
you know, my my my, my adversary's kicking technique might not be so great. Maybe he just kicks it in a very predictable kind of flight pattern. Okay, yes, excellent. You assist me, and the reason my red right hand applies, of course, is that I know I know your ailments. I know one of your feet is weaker than the others, so I can predict <laughs> your kick because I know exactly excellent. all your health okay. issues. A plus. Alright. Um, <laughs> okay. So then I have plus one die and plus one effect because of red right hand, right? Yeah. So then it's desperate great with a bonus die. And is there a devil's bargain? I'm asking because it would be fun to take a devil's bargain in this moment and get more dice. I think that whatever you do here will seriously impact the snake's view of you going forward because this is what you do. This is what you love, right? And if it's going to meet you on your terms, then it's mm -hmm. going to understand you in this way. And therefore, if you think, for example, moving the goalposts on your opponents is perfectly reasonable, it's going to think to itself, okay, let's see if I can make something funny happen along with that. Like something unpredictable. Okay, sure. I will take the snake's attention. We get along well. I, I think it makes sense. He's a nice chap. So desperate great, two bonus dice, prowl, let's go. Add the five. Um, yeah, I think I know what happens here. So you kick the ball a bus and it is chaos everybody's yelling nobody's even sure whose team you're on right now as you kick the ball because well the home team thinks you're on that team and the scofflanders think you're on their team and it's not really clear and it's not unknown also for someone to like change sides in the middle of a football game anything goes unfortunately Vinay knows whose team you're on and it's the scofflanders right so as you kick this ball it is a beautiful kick like it like sails into the sky and it is something out of like a like like it's, it's like a, it's like Lionel Messi right like it's just like going sailing in the air and you yell and then Vinay like even before it touches the ground like whistles and then like takes out a little notebook and writes a 40 under the one right but as you do this Vickers I think you see exactly where it's going precisely because it's such a nice kick and Abbas might think it's Lionel Messi, but to you, it's probably like, you know, someone uh, in like 11th grade kicking a ball. But let's not ruin Abbas's moment here. He's having a great time. And you are able to like pick up the, uh, the flag and not just get to it, but make sure that by the time you get there, Vinay can see that you and, the, and uh, your opposing captain are far enough away. And he takes out a little stopwatch. Um, and he looks up at you and gives, gives the Scotlanders like a couple of seconds to be like, well, they have paid me. And then he starts. So, uh, and what I will do here actually is we had a clock in the last game, sorry, last session that was, uh, mm -hmm. about getting the crowd going. I think 1 billion percent, this fills that clock, right? It doesn't matter who did it, but this is exciting roof ball. So, yeah. So. The referee is on their side, but the crowd is on mine now. I, I basically like think at this moment, the reason I'm making this a clock is more to think about it, but it's one role. Um, but imagine this as like a four-step clock with two ticks filled in. It's where you are in terms of like ending the game, right? And when the game ends, whatever the score is, that's the score, right? So I will just add that to the sheet. And like the reason that this is a clock is that arguably, if both of you become very close together, actually the clock goes back to zero, right? So that's the way to think about it. Uh, mm -hmm. match clock. So yeah, that's 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 where you're at. Okay, but we presumably got some points yes. too. So for the goal. so what happens? So you you turn up, you hit the pole, 
one point. Now you're only losing by 40. And now you need to get the next set of points, right? Yeah, sc screw that. I have a better plan. Like, screw winning this by points. I can win on a technicality. So we have established that if Marion is, like, far enough away from me, then she is considered to, you know, like, you know, be running away, forfeiting the match if this timer runs out. But the thing is, I have her goal and the ball, which means that I think if I move away, she's kind of obliged to follow me and she's beaten up, can't speak and on the ground somewhere. So I am just going to, like, keep the ball and the goal and run away. <laughs> increasing the distance between us because i mean ordinarily it would be me running away but when i have both their goal and the ball in fact let me let me just change that because you're right it's the if, if they get too far away then it's a forfeit which means the points don't matter so let's instead say that like um that's still true uh it's when the goals get too far apart that like the timer for like ending the thing happens right but that's not gonna happen now because mm -hmm. you're going to get far away from her long before the goals get far away from her. Um, so yeah, absolutely. This is 1 billion percent. You can do this. In fact, I think you are only in a risky position because, yes, the entire roofball match is focused on you, but um, you literally have that goal in their hands. They can't do anything with regard to points. So you might take some harm from this, but you are an expert roofball player, no problem. And yeah, standard effect. Well, I want to say it's great, actually. Like, I mean, I feel like winning the match on a technicality is the definition of a great effect. So end effect would be I want some points. So risky, great. Excellent. Can I take the devil's bargain of running into Elizabeth as I do this? Like yes. Elizabeth and Miraz. Uh, okay. Okay. I know exactly what's happened. Goopy and Bala and Molosim have also chased you, but they don't want to, they don't care about the rules. But they've just like... It's a matter of honor not to really be on the ground, right? Like, you, you want to be on the roof as much as you can. But Goopy and Bug are like, fuck this. They get on the ground. Uh, they run all the way to where they, where they can see your flag, and they come back up. So I think Miraz and uh, Elizabeth, you see where Morrison is, and you see this heading straight in your direction. And Miraz, you, it takes you about one second to calculate that this is a great way to win a, a roofball match. They're, head, they're obviously heading straight for you, but they're also heading straight for the thugs who, want, who mean to do so, no little harm to your wife. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to roll to crash down in the middle of whatever conversation Elizabeth and Miraz are having. Let's see how that goes. Yeah. So risky, great. Good. Yeah. I will just roll, I think. Unless Miraz can assist me, but I don't think so. No. We've had a lot yeah. of assistance. I'll just roll. Let's see how it goes. A one, a three, and a six. That devil's bargain is what did it. Uh -huh. So I'm going to fly down next, like in between Elizabeth and Miraz. Does she still have her sword out? No, she's like put it in because she is in the crowd. She can't just afford to walk around with her sword, but she's got her hand on it. She's like ready to draw at a moment's mm -hmm. notice. Good. So then I'm going to crash down next to her. Like, oh. hello, Liz, Miraz. Excellent day to you. Hold this, please. And then I will shove the goal into Elizabeth's <laughs> hands. Incredible. Yes. So a couple of things happen. The first thing that happens is you shove the goal into Elizabeth's hands. She goes, excuse me, what the fuck? And Vinay has not been bribed enough to disallow this technicality. He's not been paid that well. So he blows the whistle, I think, like twice long and twice short, which is code for... Match lost due to Captain running away. And for one second, 
teams erupt because they both think their captain is the one being accused before Vickers makes some sign to indicate that no, uh, it's the Scarflanders who've lost. Um, and is promptly, you know, swamped by Scarflanders demanding like justice. I think the second thing that happens is that Elizabeth like has this goalpost in her hands and is therefore unable to draw this sword, but is also unable to do anything when she comes face to face with her sister, whom she's a bit like, what the fuck? So you have this now tense situation where she doesn't like you. She doesn't like the hive. The hive don't like you. The hive don't like her. But maybe you like both the hive and her. It's unclear. Yeah, absolutely. And I think there's a contrast between the sisters here in that Elizabeth always looks immaculate. She has like a black dress with probably some sort of a veil and a dramatic black. And she's very goth, Elizabeth. And then you have Vickers who is sweating and like dirty and exhausted, uh, coming face to face with her, catching her breath a couple of moments. Yeah. And then like looks between Miras and Elizabeth and goes, oh, terribly sorry, am I interrupting something? No, I was just asking her what if she's seen any good She's got any good operas lately, but you know Liz. She refuses to speak to me. No, oh, really. Pointing the sword at me, though. Absolutely abom- abominable treatment. And going on about Morosim as being... Oi, Morosim, you there. <laughs> Morosim, what's this I hear about you being a member of the Hive? I think I just now noticed Morosim and his thugs, who I previously have not paid why, attention to. Why would to. you need to? They are not important in any way, shape, or form to you. Um... Oh, they are, because Morrissey harmed my husband yes, earlier. Like, I'm going to need to have words In the context of the roof war match. So very loudly, I'm like, Morrissey, you, I heard you're in the hive. Morrissey, like, uh, looks up and says, um, I'm in, yes, I'm in the hive. How did you, you an idiot? And I think... The way that he says it is not genuine, like, oh, you're so dumb, but more like, can I make you look stupid in front of your wife and her sister? <laughs> I, I think at this moment, I'm going to march over towards Morrissey. Excuse me, you have the temerity to call my husband an idiot after what you did to him, leading him astray in Pasarhunt to into dangerous grounds, into encounters with ruffians. What sort of guide are you? You're terrible at your job, Morrison. Whoever these hive people may be in the city, they ought to fire you. You're dreadful at your job. Yes, isn't he? That's what I was. Th- that's what I was telling Lizzie. Like, the hive can't be all that if they're hiring. Yeah, him. this is the moment also. That Morrison realizes that saying out loud, I'm part of the hive, is the kind of thing that the hive discourages, maybe. He's like, he's stupider than Miraz. Like, it's like, why did I say that? But like, um, I think what <laughs> I think the uh, Elizabeth kind of says, Victoria, hello. And then. Oh, yes. <laughs> Yeah, turn back with a sunny smile towards yeah. my sister. Uh, and then looks at Morrison and says, you are the one working for that woman V, yes? Oh, I've heard all about... Not really pointing out that the... But mostly the person that she's heard about him from is uh, Miraz in the last 20 minutes. And she genuinely looks like she's about to try and stab him. And uh, she's like a very good fencer, but m- maybe not as good as you might need to be to take on three people all of whom are ready for violence. Now, listen, okay. I kind of like wave my hand a little bit. Listen, Morrison, 
Morsem and your friends. Uh, I don't. I, I don't believe we have met. And I extend and I extend my hand to Goopy and Baga. Shake. Baga will like shake your hand and say, "I'm Baga. This is Goopy." Oh, hello, Baga. Hello, Goopy. Uh, I'm Mira Chakraborty. This is my wife, and this is my sister-in-law. Let's come inside and let's have let's have let's have a tea. Let's all uh, put this behind us. Morsem, you're an idiot, but. Right. Oh, no, we're not putting this all. Why are you introducing yourselves to him? We are here to kick the shit out of him, remember? M- Morrison will be overruled oh, by me then. I will look at Morrison and say, Oh, absolute nonsense. Are you turning down hospitality, Morrison? You know, I really thought better of you. Your parents ought to be very disappointed. How did they educate you anyway? Now, come on, chop, chop. We, we have biryani and you are going to taste it and I will hear no objections. No, Victor, no, no, uh, that's okay. We can have the beer anyway, but first, Morrisim, it seems that you have some sort of chip on your shoulder. How about this? Just you and me, huh? You and me, a nice clean fight, the way you, uh, people like you, I suppose, settle their scores. And once you have been properly tranched, as you will be, you're going to come inside for their beer and we're going to put it all behind us. And Gopi and Bhaga, you don't have to get involved if you don't want to. You're always welcome. Oh, indeed not, gentlemen. I see your roof ballers as well, and wearing my uniform. I don't remember hiring you, but if you're part of the team, I suppose I should feed you. <laughs> because, uh, yeah, so... I think unfortunately what has happened here is that while originally I thought of Morrison as some kind of like badass, the truth is he's not. He's kind of not. So as, um, mm-hmm. I mean, I didn't even think he was a badass, but he's becoming more and more comical time because Goopy and Baga both like, look at him, and he's been kind of mean to them and doesn't pay very well and looks at because he plays a mean game of roofball and says, we were hired for the roofball game, boss. You want to pay us more for whatever this is? We'll, we, you know, we'll do the job. But like, this wasn't part of the, this wasn't, this wasn't part of the contract. And Morrison's like, fucking fine. Got to do everything yourself. Morrison, you and me. You and me. Come. Come, come on, Morrison. Let's see what and you I got. think um, as this happens, uh, because I think Elizabeth... Um, like, just taps you on the shoulder and says, Is your husband aware that he intends to fight a member of the Hive? Surely you've told him what the Hive are, sister. Oh, yes, I'm quite familiar with them. I, I have had my educations in political science. Thank you very much. I do know who they are. But look at him. This man working for the Hive. Preposterous. He's clearly just doing this for clout. It is not him that I worry about. It is... The woman he works for who will not take this lying down. Now, if you insist on bringing the Ashcroft name into this, I must ask you to please consider the effect. Wait, you're quite serious. He, he's not just claiming this. He actually works for them. Because he's clearly not believing that an idiot like this could work for the Hive for yeah, real. Yeah, and I think she says, they are not as discerning here in Uduwasha as they are back in Duskwall, and... They're clearly scraping the barrel, but they will not take this lying down. And she's really like, I mean, clearly she's not gotten through to her brother-in-law, who she doesn't like very much, but fine, whatever. And she hates that, like, you're the one she's appealing to as the voice of reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Vickers has taken a little bit aback by this. Yes. Oh, oh, I see. Well, they're really rather a lot less discerning than... Well, then Mr. Morrissey must be in quite a lot of trouble doesn't he? I know what the Hive does to people who failed him, and he's failed spectacularly. Twice. Mr. Morosim, Mr. Morosim, I believe your life may be in danger. I, I think 
Yeah, you say that and Morrison laughs and says, what, because of this, this man? Look, yeah, sure, he's handy with a pipe. No, 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 because of... No, 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 listen to me, because of the hive assassins that are after you for your failure. They're going to put an end to you for this, you know? Our, our temple offers sanctuary, and if you will take it, we can keep you safe. Yeah, I mean, I would say this is a rule, but he's not going to believe it. There is, like, you're at zero effect, right? Like, uh-huh. why would he think that, like, you know more about the hive than he does? But also, he's sure that, like, he just needs to, like, off Mirage now and everything will be fine. So that's his plan. And Morosim will draw... What kind of weird weapon does he... He draws it like a small blackjack. 1v1 me, bro. 1v1 um, dust. And it has seen use. Like, it's not like he's a stranger to a fight. Um, and Goopy and Baga are both like, oh, I know what they're doing. Uh, one of them takes out from his pocket, like, um, uh, what they call in India, uh, ban, which is uh, a beetle leaf wrapped around, like, a beetle nut and some sauces. And it's basically something you chew as a snack. And he hands one, Goopy hands one to Baga, and then he has one in his hand, and they both like just put themselves in the mouth, and they're like, this is what we do, right? Like, we, we hang out, has got some roof balls, some 1v1, one, one one, you know, great. Well, I mean, yeah, yeah. Very hard to get through to him. He's convinced he's, it's, everything's going to be fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Vickers is definitely not happy about this, but I guess she's not getting through to Morrisim, so I guess this is happening now. <laughs> so I think she turns towards Miras, and she will just say confidently, like, yeah. do try to leave him in one piece, if at all possible. Yeah. Yeah, so he's got the blackjack out, right? Uh, extender manipulator arm comes out from my chest and punches him in the face. <laughs> oh, Zaffa Beeblebrox. Very good. Jacket, jacket a box with like, like a boxing glove. <laughs> Very good, yeah. I think I did put a like boxing a, glove on it. doesn't sound it. to me Very like a scum. It sounds to me like you're just straight up wrecking him, but you know, that's up to you. Oh, wreck is much better for me, so wreck. The reason... Okay, tell me something about this this extender arm. What did you originally design it to do? I originally designed it to to be able to, like, reach things in inside of, like, a dangerous situation. Let's say, I don't know, there's a whole bunch of, like, live wires and so on, and maybe I dropped a tool somewhere way back in the workshop. I can just use the manipulator arm to grab it and bring it out. So it's not very good for, like, fine machining. It's just basically like crude hand that it can extend, uh, extends like many, many feet. I'm wondering whether, no, I don't, like it doesn't, this doesn't sound like the kind of thing that could like just kill a man by punching through his face. So I think you're in a risky position. Um, and I think the risk, like his boss V is going to find out about this sooner, sooner or later. No, no. But I think the risk is that like she knows exactly how much you embarrass the hive and She's gonna like take payment like out of your hide, right? Um, rather than like maybe this like taking a while to percolate back to her because as you say, Morosim is kind of a moron and not really very high on her list of like priorities. Do we represent that as heat then? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Like it's just kind of In fact, can it can it trade position for effect and have it be desperate in the sense that you know I've been very public about the fact that this guy's in the hive, I'm like yelling it out. So yeah, and I think like yeah, mechanically, let's say that's three heat, but um, it's also fictionally that like yeah, we're meant to be keeping our mouths shut about this, guys. We're not meant to be walking around saying yeah, I'm from the hive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, if we get three heat, then we immediately get a wanted level. So excellent. Okay. okay. Fantastic. Well, wanted by the hive, classic. Very good. Okay. So desperate, great then. Yes. Okay. 
great effect here being, I don't know. Hmm? Yeah, before you, before you do this, for great effect, like with standard effect, you can knock him out, right? So I think with great effect, what you will probably get is that like, I wouldn't say that Goopy and Baga become your cohorts, but certainly like you can add them to your crew contact sheet. They will okay. like you quite a lot, right? Like they're like, yeah, this guy's cool. I, I want to be friends with all these people. Okay, um, cool. It's even more embarrassing because now you've stolen more goons. Excellent. Uh, can I angle for Devil's Bargain? Yeah, I think there must be some kind of Elizabeth-related Devil's Bargain here. So let me think about what Elizabeth is doing and why it is. Oh, I think it's, I think it's very straightforward. I think Elizabeth will go to the Hive <laughs> and side with them in this matter, right? Like, I was thinking, uh, would Elizabeth just stab this guy? Yeah, no, I was thinking that there is something... Cause Elizabeth is here. So she is probably the person best placed or something Devil's Bargain related. So I'm just wondering what that thing could be. Actually, even though I like the idea of Elizabeth stabbing Morrison, probably the simplest one is the one that Prince suggested. I think so too. And I think it would be fun if my sister is now involved with the Hive. It may not even be a good idea for her. Maybe she will need my help later, even though she's my rival. Who knows? Yeah. But I think it creates the most story. Okay. Yeah, let's do that. So the bonus dice one. Uh, can I get an assist? I would like to, but I think I'm about to stress out. Yeah, but the real power gamer takes a trauma as soon as possible. That's true. Uh, I, could, I could assist in the sense that I do have the, uh, a roofball team under my command now. Under your command is a bit stretching it, but yes. Okay, you know, they, they love me. Or maybe not, we'll see. They really love me. No, they don't actually love you that much right now. They've just lost. Maybe you were a plant all along. Nonetheless, yeah. Your roofball team does love you because they do, they do think this was more like a... Like a genius. <laughs> well, hmm. So I'm getting an assist from Abbas, who may or may not have a roofball team under his command. Oh, like I could. Uh, I mean, I could bring. I could bring our actual team over for. Um... Okay, so man, what are, what are you trying to do? You're trying. You're gonna. You're gonna sucker punch Morrison with your mechanical arm. You know what? I'm just going to roll without the assist. That's faster. No assist and a failure. Mm -hmm. I think. Yeah. What happens here is that you engage this incredible device of yours and it comes flying out. And I think Elizabeth sees this happen, now actually draws her fencing foil and like manages to use it to deflect your extendable arm and steps forward and says, you do not want to get involved in this, brother-in-law. I've already have ears everywhere. But of, of course, betraying that now she's a bit like, maybe I should just like, maybe if this is the class of people they're dealing with, then she's just, she would just get a promotion immediately, right? And puts her sword, like sheets her sword, picks up Odysseum from the ground where she knocked him down and says, uh, these three are coming with me and you will say nothing about it. And like, I think what's happening here is that you've lost this opportunity completely. Like she's taken this opportunity in front, instead of you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I uh, think Vickers will look at Elizabeth, and uh, there is, you know, there's not too much love between the sisters, but she says, All right, thank you very much for cleaning up this mess. We shall have to discuss the matter further at some future occasion. Now, if you'll excuse me, I have a victory to celebrate. Mm. Take care, Victoria. I'm sure Father will be thrilled to hear of your exploits. Oh, yes, I really ought to drop by and see him sometime soon. 
Victoria says, "I not actually picking up on the irony of that, I think. Yeah, yeah. And I think she just nods, looks at Goopy and Baga, and says, um, well, follow me. And like they, if, if you had gotten the shot off, they would have been really impressed with you. But now they're really impressed by this woman who's just like stepped into this fight, taking complete control, and now says, come with me, right? So right I think, so which part uh, is the consequence? Sorry? Which part is the consequence? I imagine the consequence is still the three heat. So, yeah. So the you 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 get the three heat, but because it's also a complete failure, you've lost the opportunity to like salvage this situation. It's completely out of your hands now. Mm-hmm. So we are now we are now wanted by the hive, and Elizabeth has joined them, and Morrisim and Goopy and whatnot are out of our hands. Hold on, uh, give me an opportunity to at least resist the consequence. Yeah, yeah. So like. Sorry, yes, of course. Yeah. Uh, then I think I'm going to kind of like scoff loudly and say, I knew it, Morosim. You weren't really part of the hive. So I'm going to kind of like, uh, you know, loudly discredit, like, yeah, it's just a drunk or like whatever. He's being taken away. Nothing to see here. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's fine. So you're resisting the heat. Is that right? Yes. Yes. Um, I think like, basically, you will still take one heat rather than three. I think you okay, can resist the majority of it, but you can't resist all of it. Okay. That's a five, so it's one stress. One stress. Excellent. Okay, then we are not wanted yet. Yeah. By the end of the, se- end of the session, we will be. Probably, <laughs> yes. Don, are you still hanging out with the snake? I think for the most of the scene, I have been. That's also why I've not been interacting with it. But I think by the time that this commotion comes to a head, and also because the the roof ball match is over now. I'm going to go see what's up, basically. Yeah. So I think like you can appear uh, on this scene whenever you like. I think I'm going to like make my excuses to the to the the people who I've all like dragged into the uh, the audience with the snake, uh, specifically the two representatives, and uh, kind of resolve to meet some other time to begin drawing up the plans that we've been ordered to make. Yeah, I mean, they, given that they are now in its presence, they're happy for you to leave, right? Like, they, they've got, like, a more stressful problem to deal with currently. And I think the snake, of course, is totally casual with you. You're one of its favorites, so no problem. As you leave, I think probably you hear, uh, you hear Nabila explain to her long-suffering mother exactly why Vickers' play was genius, right? Like, what an incredible tactical decision to, like, just abandon the points, go for a technicality, and so on and on and on. And Nabila's like, uh, sorry, Fazana's like, yes, dear, yes, that was very clever of her, indeed, yes. Mm." So, yeah, I think if you head to where they are all uh, kind of gathered now, and I think Abbas, you were there as well, uh, if you want to be, anyway. This is like... I think so. so Alright, so one thing is, um, Abbas wasn't really there while they were, they were agreeing to, you know, when the, the His Majesty wa- agreed to see the plans for the rebuild and whatnot, so he doesn't actually know about any of this. Yes. Going on. Yes. And I feel like when he does learn, uh, which might be now, he's not going to like it. He's not going to like it at all. No, no. I no. feel that's fair. Yeah. 
Um, like, not only is he not going to like what's been planned, he's definitely not going to like that it's been planned without him. I just want to, and I think like this is about the time that the score ends. So unless we want to have okay, a... so so we could we could yeah we we could have uh, a bus make difficulties later. Yeah, I think um, maybe like we we could we could end it here, and then Abbas could find something out later. Maybe actually, uh, if, if it makes more sense that way for him to find out and then try to do. I rather feel like uh, Joan would call everyone together at some point yeah. and explain like, "Hey, we've uh, <laughs> there are some changes that have been demanded." Yeah, yeah, yeah. that makes sense. So in that case, are we okay to say? Let's say that the score. Like, we'll end at this moment, right? Where uh, the roof ball game is finished. You did win the crowd over, so that's going to get you some coin. Marasim lives to fight another day. And I think we fight, we, I think we see two scenes before, like, the, 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 the episode ends of, like, this, like, of this, of this roof ball thing, even though the TV, the theoretical TV episode and our actual episodes are not, like, synced up. But the first thing that we see is Marion being groggily kind of like awakened, you know, water being thrown in her face. Um, and as she demands like to understand what's going on, like asking her actual vice captain, becoming incredibly incensed by the fact that like they lost because of a technicality and because someone from the other team pretended to be the vice captain apparently. And I think the second thing that we see is Zajidan um, and your true Scovlander royal guests just having a lovely time. You know, they're hanging out. Um, they've got like sodas and they've eaten really well and they are so relaxed, guys. Like, somehow all of the, no all of the ruckus just passed them by. Isn't that nice for them? Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. And I think that's where we end the school. We are now in downtime, so each of you gets two free actions, and actually, you know what, let's see the scene with Joan telling everybody in the crew what has happened, and, and like, kind of everyone filling each other in. Mm -hmm. I think Miraz is sitting down, uh, eating some biryani, and kind of dabbing, and he's got like a compress on his nose. This is the eel biryani, correct? No, oh, this is the spam biryani. <laughs> I, I, I... Spam biryani, <laughs> yes. Sorry. Spam uh -huh. biryani with... well... Whipped cream, so, I think, yes. was my side dish. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking bastard. Excellent. Excellent. Please do not worry. The time of the mutton biryani with Raita will come, but it's going to be uh -huh. season finale. This is going to be like the, the, the epitome, the zenith of Vickers' arc. We're, we're going to work to get there. It's going to be beautiful. <laughs> yeah. I think, I, I think Joan looks at the compress and says, uh, so despite our best efforts, it looks like there was an altercation after all. Ah, it was, uh, yes, it was that um, Begum, uh, Begum Bazunga, or whatever her name was, uh, her, her <laughs> goons attempting to beat up my uncle's friend over there in a kind of gesture at a bus. And I stepped in and uh, took the punch. That's fine. I'm, I've had worse playing roofball. And then you saw how I dispatched that goon, Morrison. I, I certainly saw something. Uh, you you extended something at him. Ah, ah yes, the, my old my old companion. Uh, this was my uh, this was my thesis, my my capstone, and then I kind of extended again. Very a very valiant extension. 
I'm so sorry you did not get to take part in the match, Joan. I had really hoped to rely on your nimble-footedness, but uh, it seemed you had business with His Majesty. Yes, yes. Uh, well, maybe next time, but that is actually something we should really talk about. Oh, yes. Uh, what's His Majesty want this time? And Miraz is just eating because, like, if, you know, if the snake had proper business, he would have taken it up with his high priest. <laughs> hmm. so this must be, you know, some casual stuff. It's fine. Well, I took them to the, uh, you know, the, the the representatives of the the, the whatever the whatever commission of making things better, but not actually. Um, I took them back, took them to 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 His Majesty, and uh, I yeah, but you know, it was kind of necessary because they were going to be punches throwing punches otherwise. So I hope that would calm it down a little bit, and it, it, it did. But it seems they convinced him a little bit that the temple is boring and old and it should be changed. Did Amiras kind of leans back a bit? I think that's a fair point. Delightful. We're redecorating? Yes, yes. Excellent. I've been, well, I've been doing a large share of my own pocket, but... You know, the the new flushable toilets, the uh, the, ele- the electric wiring. Perhaps we can have a billboard outside. You know, I always think that a lot of people don't know about this. So he decided that we should uh, form a commission. And, uh, well, the commission has been formed. Uh, it includes me, but also the representatives themselves. And one other person, I think, I'm not entirely sure it went a bit... It was a bit confusing. It went a bit fast. But we are to meet and decide what is to be done and bring plans before him. Well, you certainly aren't going to having to have any of this without me, of course. No, no, no question about it. I'll be there. I'm the head priest and also, uh, yes, I have, a, I have a degree in SparkRite technology. In that case, I do think you should maybe bring your extension because... Uh, I feel like that some people on this committee are probably going to object to you being there, as you were not there when the decision was made. But I agree, though, that you should come. Miraz looks a bit annoyed, and then says, well, that's very uh, generous of you, John. It's very generous indeed to allow the high priest of the temple to come along. What does Abbas have to say about this? Well, we are all ignoring him, aren't we? Yeah. <laughs> Abbas, I think... Abbas is just shocked. Like He can, be, he can hardly believe what he's hearing they're gonna take this temple they're gonna they're gonna rebuild this the flushing toilet was bad enough yeah okay so i think everyone kind of looks at a bus to see what his uh reaction is and you know his face he's got like uh face like he's seen a ghost perfect i'm definitely not looking at you for your reaction <laughs> uh, like john what what is this when when did you plan this what? I I didn't plan anything, uh, but plans are still to be made. Without I have, gr- I have grown up in this temple. This temple has been my whole life, and now you want to what? Turn this into a shopping mall? His Majesty mm. wants to. His Majesty. No, no, John, John, John. Look at this, and I take. I have taken up a napkin, right? And I'm like scrolling on it. It, it's it's a it's a new design that someone was working on when I, when I left Dustfall, and I don't think it really really have caught on. The person who was making it, ah, well, he's a black lotus addict. I don't think he can really put it together. But he called it an escalator, and I feel 
that that would really help us with accessibility and uh, uh see it's a staircase that goes up by itself and goes down by itself oh yeah there you go again with us with your staircases that go up and down all by yourself what your legs don't work boy huh some people <sighs> unbelievable uncle, some people uncle their legs don't work mm. and i like mm. look at him like how could you this is what this is what the older generation are all about aren't they excluding people <laughs> so what the younger generation all about aren't they well, you know when I was your when I was your age boy, you know I was playing roof ball. Yeah, tackle came in from behind me, knee popped completely. But did I need your what is this es- escalate or whatever? No, got up, I hopped my way home. People tried to help me. I was like, no, I don't need any of that because I can stand on my own one feet. I saw someone fall off a train once. I think he could benefit from an escalator. Well, I don't think we can... I don't think on a train there's enough room, but... And then I start drawing a schematic for like a really low... For a really low angle one. No, no, I meant... Not everybody... Not every accident is survivable for your legs. I, I was... I merely meant to agree with you. Yes, 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 yes. Uh... I think Miros has like completely lost it as he's just scribbling designs. Like he's very excited. Finally, we get to make, remodel the temple. Yeah. Vicar says very. I understand very little of these escalators or precisely how we're to regenerate. But if there's but one more place on the committee, I do think it's important you fill it, Miras. And I also think it's very important that you make sure they don't do anything that would be contrary to His Majesty's desires. After all. He lived here first, she she says, um, regarding the giant snake as our landlord more than our god, I guess. <laughs> I mean, the, it's, the giant snake is not not your landlord. Yeah, exactly. It's a complicated relationship. Yep. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, hmm. Hmm. I wonder. What do you guys think of this? And, there's a schem- and he holds up his napkin. There's a schematic for like a Sparkcraft snake. But like a, a model Sparkcraft snake that goes round and round in a circle. <laughs> I think we can put this up over the entrance. I'm tempted to say we already have that one. This, this is this this is blasphemy. This is blasphemy, Miraz. I I don't know what you're doing. This is <laughs> this. You, you have you have lost your mind, all of you. I can. Miraz has this faraway look in his eyes. Well, if it is. His Majesty's desire that we do something about the place, then I suppose we ought to do something about the place. Now, no, 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 no. John, t- tell me the truth. What did you tell your His Majesty? What did you tell him? Hmm? You did. You did not tell him the truth, right? There is no way he would agree to this. No way. What did you tell him? I I told him exactly what I told you just now. Why would I start lying about this? I will. I will go see him myself. I will go. See- <laughs> I think at this point, like he he gets up in a huff and then uh, sweeps his robes very indignantly and then stomps off. <laughs> because that's been going so well lately. She mutters under her breath. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Yes, very good. I wonder if I should go with him. He might. I think this escalator thing is very important for accessibility, and I don't want him to go around and con. Hmm. No, 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 no. And then he kind of just loses his train of thought and, start, and starts scribbling more designs. All right. Well, I'd best go see to the team. I think they're having some sort of disagreement, Vicar says. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> I shall leave this matter of the committee to you, very proficient people. And if I'm needed on the purpose of decorating, I can pick out some nice curtains. <laughs> Very good. I think John, you notice that as Miraz is kind of like mindlessly, without even realizing that uh, Vickers is gone, as he's like drawing more and more complicated schematics, he's like profusely bleeding onto the napkin. Oh no, poor Miraz. Right. Do you need another compress? Uh, uh, and he kind of and he looks up. Oh yes. Uh. Nobody is going to be able to read this afterwards if, if you bleed on our friends. That's true, that's true. I suppose I should go seek medical attention. It seems that that's what I spend half my time doing instead of the actual work of design, but it's all right. I'll see to myself and then... You know, I completely forgot. You used to be a railjack, didn't you? I did used to be. It's only this story that you told about uh, the one who fell off the train car. That reminded me. We should talk about that. That sounds a fascinating line of work, uh, Cousin John. Imagine standing on top of a train hurtling to the Deathlands. He says imagine as though you need to imagine it. Uh, (laughs) With just the tools of civilization anchoring you on top of a speeding metal... uh, it disturbs the soul and quite frightening. Like a, I you... cannot recommend. No, no, no. It's not for me. It's I'm not afraid. for me. It's not for me. And I'm glad that you're out well out of it. But uh, a fellow woman of science. Yes. Anyway. Uh, I suppose. Yes. I'm going to go see to this nose, and then we are going to talk about this escalator. Yes, I am very curious about how that works. It goes up. It goes down. But not the same one. There's one that's dedicated to going up and one that's dedicated to going down. It's a very simple but ingenious concept. I'm surprised no one has built one before, he says. As How do you make the rocks move, though? Well, we can talk about that later. You're, it's, it's, oh, it's staining the table. It's staining the wood now. Oh, no. And then she like, takes a napkin and like starts mopping at the blood. Yeah, and I think I've already left. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, so I guess that's my first downtime action. I want to I want to help you recover too, actually. Yeah. So I did uh, because we decided that we are going to use rules as written. So I reset my healing clock, with, and I forgot how punishing this mechanic is. Yep. Jesus. Oh well. Yeah. So you want to help me recover? That's a very good yes, idea I because I have no idea how to do this myself. Yes. So maybe we can do that scene first okay. before I deal with the roof ballers. Yep. Yeah. So uh, my idea for the roof ballers is I think they're fighting each other a little bit. Uh, I think they have some sort of internal bickering about how best to celebrate this, so just flagging that. But I do think that uh, dragging Miras to see my doctor is what I must do here. And so I think that I will spend one of my downtime actions, in fact, to heal Miras. Excellent. To give him some more. And uh, yeah, what we will see is Miras uh, being more or less physically dragged by Vickers to see Amitab, who is a doctor and a guru. Oh, that 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 quack! No, Vigors, uh, take me to your proper uh, accuracy doctor. I will hear no objections about it. You've you've spent so long nursing these injuries, and there's been absolutely no progress. Now, Amitabh has helped me a great, great deal with bruises and scrapes, and also when I had that dreadful cold. You remember? I could not stop sneezing, and I slept all day. Well, that got me right well. Now, he's very well acquainted with any sort of ailment, and I'm sure you're going to get that infected. Now, here we are. 
and uh, she will pull uh, Miraz into Amitabh's like office, which I think is I think he has a very very like mellow new agey kind of vibe. Nice. So it's not it's not a quack in the sense that like it's a cluttered apothecary store. Yeah. It's like a very nice open airy building, lots of carpets on the floor, lots and lots of like little drawers. Is he a young man? No. No, he's uh, he's a big bearded guy. Is he in fact played by Amitabh Bachchan? Is that what you're telling me? I I I guess he could be. Yeah. I had not thought of that, but go um, for it. I... Amitabh Bachchan is cool, sure. Yeah, I think that's but yeah, so <laughs> Amitabh Bachchan, uh this who is this healer? I think like the kind of place that you're describing to me seems like he has like a receptionist. Mm-hmm. So maybe as you come in, there's this like uh, young, bright-eyed lad, right? Like enthusiastic, you know, like born and brought up in Udwasha, recognizes you, of course, and says, uh, "Oh, Miss Miss Vickers, Miss Vickers, lo- lovely to see you again. Is, is everything okay? Oh, oh, is this your husband? He that's a nasty cut on his head. Yes, he's finally come in to have this scene too. Is the doctor in? Oh dear me, tell me he's in. Yes, of course he is. I. And then, like, he, uh, like, waves at someone and then, like, makes, like, a hand signal as if to say, can you check? And then, like, receives a response and he says, um, oh, he's with a patient now, but go straight in. I'm sure, I'm sure he won't mind uh, seeing you. And I think okay. then he, Thank like... Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Yeah, and I think then he, like, makes a little note in his notepad as if to be, like, ah, Fickers is here, so, like, don't disturb... Uh, don't disturb the doctor or her. Uh, and then, and then he kind of says, "Would you like some ginger tea? I could send some up for you." Oh, yes, thank you very much. Now, she turns to Miras and is kind of like stern with him again. He's like, "Now, Miras, please do try to relax. All right, this will help so much better if you do relax and don't don't start anything. All right." Where did this man study? I don't see his framed certificates on the wall. Is he even a licensed doctor? <laughs> because I don't think even answers, she just physically pulls you along to where we're going. You walk through like this is this this seems like a fairly large building. Is it in Udeput? Uh, yeah, I think it is. I think he actually lives quite nearby. Okay, it's a fairly large building, and like he has a very uh, nice office view of the city, right? And like when you knock, um, you hear from inside the moment before, like you hear some shuffling, and then. The, the door opens and the, and his previous patient who is like i think like a mother and her young child come out the mother is like teary but i think like grateful and the child is just a bit like i hate going to the doctor and amitab says um oh come in come in thank you thank you as you can see doctor my husband has sustained well a, a mild injury due to uh well fisticuffs oh that looks hmm Tell me, is this roof ball related or? In a manner of speaking. In a manner of. Yes. I see. And I think um, in a manner of speaking is code for I wasn't in the game, but I was in the game, if you know what I mean, which is true, but also not exactly what he's thinking, right? So I think he asks you to sit down. Uh, he doesn't have a desk in his room, or maybe if he does, he's not added. Like that's off to one side. Rather, he's got like. Some chairs. It's kind of like a sitting room, and he motions to Miras to come like sit next to him. And if you let him, he's gonna like uh, put his hand on your wrist and take your pulse. 
well, he can. And I'm just going to kind of scoff at it without saying anything. It's like, huh, that's not where I'm hurt. Uh-huh. Yeah. I think we have never seen before Vickers be so upset with Miraz before as she is in this scene. I think this is like the most annoyed with him that she has ever been. Yeah, I think he is not unused to people being like, oh, you don't know what you're doing. He's just like hums and like thinks and he says, honey, do you have trouble sleeping? No. Well, well sometimes, uh, sometimes inspiration strikes and... Uh... I get up and I sketch some new ideas out. I'm an inventor, you see, a qualified spark, right? And I drop that as like, yes, I am a qualified professional, unlike you. Mm, yes. Uh, I think, that's the implication. Yeah. Uh, I think he then, again, like, hmms again and says, and uh, you're stressed about something, are you? Some home family matter? Miras kind of scratches his head a little bit and says, well, yes, I suppose, a little bit. Mm. Yes, that's quite apparent. Uh, and then he says, well, the treatment for the cut and for the, the general state is very straightforward. I would recommend rest because you know where to get our band-aids and ourselves. Um, of course, for you, they're on the house to worry about it. Oh, wait a second. Why am I talking like this? Amitabh Bachchan is Indian. Ah, so treatment very normal. Just you know, bandage it up. There's some ointment that you can take. You vicars free. Don't worry about it. But I must ask you to take better care of this man because he is not testing enough. I do not think. Uh... Yes, I'm. I'm so terribly sorry, Doctor. You know, I tried to tell him to be careful, but he just takes these unreasonable risks. Vicar says without a hint of irony. After having been hang gliding and brawling her way through a roof fall match. And effort to rest. I have, I have an escalator to make. <laughs> mm -mm. Certainly your blood pressure shows incredible signs of escalating, my son. But who am I but a humble healer? Certainly I have no power in my hands save to view advice. That's also the power of sick birds, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, but there's no infection, nothing more dangerous. Well, then ointments and bandages should do very well, and I will try to keep his blood pressure down. I, I will do my best. Yes, and do, do come back soon. Uh, your, your general incredible constitution is, well, very useful to demonstrate to some of my more recalcitrant patients about, you know, my methods. And if any, at any time... If you would like any help, you know, my door is always open. Did the roofball match go okay? I'm so sorry I couldn't make it. Oh, oh yes, yes. Quite. Very well. Thank you for asking. And uh, don't worry, I, I shall be back soon for some more of those wonderful medicines you picked up. They've done an excellent job on my many ailments, Vicar says. And I think we, we, we see her drop by. Like, Amitam sees her drop by fairly often for ailments that are, like, basically imagined yeah. <laughs> because of her hypochondriac tendencies. Yeah, and, and I think that, like, again, uh, in this case, because he's your contact, he's giving you plus one die. Like, it's not that he isn't a qualified healer, but at least with you, he's like, just reassure her that everything is going to be fine and we'll, you know, if she ever actually falls ill, because she never seems to, she's, like, strong as an ox. So take care of it at that point, right? Did did Miraz just roll a critical hit on his recovery roll? Yes. Yeah. So I had to do it twice. So I think um, hmm. uh -huh. I think the fiction here is that at first Miraz is like, 
but uh, so that's it. Just some bed rest. Uh, I won't have to, I don't know, snort some crushed butterfly wings or drink down the some some weird herbal tea or something. All right, all right. I'll try it out. I think it sort of does work, and then probably he goes back on his own time uh, without telling Vickers, <laughs> and then probably that that time uh, it actually does uh, fully do the trick. Maybe maybe it's like um, when you when you come back the second time, the receptionist like recognizes you and like just like gives you like a nice private room to hang out in, um, gets you some personal attention from someone. Maybe not Amitabh, but someone else who's working there, right? Um, and it's just like nice, you know. I don't like a spa day. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. Okay, we should do our bus scenes next yes. then, since. Uh, hang on. First, I must remove my cat from my keyboard. <laughs> All right. Okay. Thank you. All right. I think there are two orders of business and two downtime actions. So that works out. Um, Abbas is very stressed out mechanically and also in the fiction. Mm-hmm. I should probably do something about that. So. But also, I think he, in his downtime, he has to look for like any kind of ally in my. Oh, it's my cat again. Uh, in, try, in trying to uh, keep keep his beloved temple the way he's always known it, and maybe he's gonna go for both of these. He could probably go to his older brother Jidan, and you know, just have a brother to brother chat. Yeah, absolutely. And Zajidan is uh, actually like quite relaxed. Confident that the temple is in good hands. Everybody had a great time. Sure, there was some violence, but that's what always happens in Roofball. Apparently, even the serpent is excited about something. So that's, you know, it's really good. Amazing. So you find him probably drinking uh, some chai, like sitting on a balcony, like just humming to himself, like hmm, having a great time. Yeah, I think this is just shortly after, right? But the, the meeting uh, yeah. was, uh, comes in. Um, I think I was just... You know, despite the fact that I was an old man, like he, he's, he's the younger brother here, and he's um, he he stands there. He doesn't like you know just charge in. He just he he waits for Zajitan to you know um, invite him to speak. Yeah, I think, and I think Zajitan, like, and he's been doing this his entire life. Says, "Hey, sit, sit." Yeah, yeah. I I don't know if you've heard, but I can't, I can't, I can't believe this. Like, do you? I, I, I was just like he—he he can't get the words out. It's—it's it's, it's too much. Yeah, and I think Zajidan like um, is going to tease you a bit first and says, um, "What you mean that we won the match? I heard you heard you scored such an amazing goal. Like it's—I I mean, I couldn't believe it either when I saw it. But yeah, incredibly well done. He's absolutely pulling it." Uh, normally, I think Abbas would be down for a little revenge, but he's just not like that. No, no, Bhaya, please. I'm—I'm I'm trying to tell you something. It's a. Uh... The when the this Bushundhara woman came here and you know they they're trying to like they say they rebuild but they're going to destroy this temple and everything we did was was to stop this from happening and now I hear that we we've agreed to to let them do it anyway I I don't understand and and no one is listening to me like you're you are the head priest of this temple. Like we've grown up in this temple together. It's been like this from our father's time and before. Like th- just just think about all the history, the stories that we have here, and what are they going to do here? They they say rebuild, they say restore. But 
we we know this this will become another what Akurose just they'll make a shopping center here they'll put put their you know they'll have their real station coming bringing in what sparkcraft nonsense over here again you've you've got to say something mm. uh, are you are you done or would you like to continue to finish right okay bus as you have told me so many times when the plane's viper grows too big it sheds its skin and grows a new one and the old skin is left to rot in the desert now i'm not saying that we will be left to rot in the desert but it's what the god wants and maybe we could do with something new around here it's been the same since our father's time since his father's time since that fellow's mother's time has just been the same maybe okay fine i'm not saying that we should build a shopping mall but you know maybe a new lick of paint or uh, one of those fancy like uh, severosi like arches or whatever there is you know in severos i don't know might be don't you think it would be interesting it would be i think like as he's saying it you can hear that he's a little bit doubtful but he is like again he rolls with the punches that's his big thing so brother if only it was a new coat of paint or this escalator or whatever that miras wants to put in here then you know i would not like it but i could live with it i do not trust them this bushundhara woman and her group of udaipur restoration society or whatever it is they look at what they're trying to do to this town every everything they touch is destroyed the viper sheds his skin to grow a new a new but the viper does not shed his skin to turn into a worm we can we have to stop this from happening i don't know what that our chakravarti what he was thinking and i do not want to question his wisdom but somehow something something does not feel right here to me and your he will not listen to me but you you were the you were this was supposed to be your job you were the one who is responsible for all of this so please bhai please bas i'm i'm not in charge anymore and your doubts are not unfounded and definitely we're not going to allow poshundara to take this place down and make it a shopping mall or a promenade or whatever it is they call it but perhaps this is this is what the chakravarti wants from us we we must find something new that is in keeping with our traditions and we must make it unpredictable we must make it something that we have never seen before and i trust you unlike me i'm i'm done abbas and i think you and you and i miras will not accept this but you and i i i'm retired i play chess i talk to our young guests i drink chai on the balcony and look out at our city if you want to ensure that we do not become a worm well build a better skin i'm sure it will make us all proud fine then look they're making some planning committee on this you know and miraz is the head priest and chief engineer but i have no official standing here but with your influence put me on this committee let me at least try to direct it in the right way pass only two people in this temple know more about it than you and that's padma and padma and between the three of you you can outmaneuver any committee even one genuinely put together by the chakraborty himself this yes, i believe 
get the twins on your side. I'm sure they're not very keen on this, whatever refurbishment is either. And do what you do best. Appeal to your God, because I can't do that anymore. Not my job. You can, you can see Abbas like, having some words that are maybe trying to come out, but his respect for his older brother just won't allow him to say anything he can't take back. Yeah. And says, okay, brother, okay, brother, if that's how you see it, then... Don't be upset with me, Abbas. Look, I'll talk to Padma Priya and Padma Mukhi, and I'm sure they'll agree with you, and I'll, I will talk to Miraz also, but you can do this. I believe that you can do this. And if you think that this is not something that should happen, then you know I'm with you. Just it's time for me to focus on myself. Okay, enjoy your tea. Ah, and if you because don't tell her I'm on the balcony, okay? She, I'm just enjoying my chai. I don't want to drink one of her portions. I'm sure it's coming at dinner anyway. Uh, you might want to skip dinner tonight as well. We can we can try the new kebab place down the road. <laughs> I think I think Zajitan smiles because he's not allowed kebabs, by the way. Um, so, uh, but he's absolutely <laughs> up for it. So he'll be like, okay, we'll, we'll sneak out. It'll be just like old times. It's possible the last time the two of you snuck out was like 50 years ago. And so blows out our brief candle. I named the disciples of the ceaseless temple thus, with both their false names and true. Saumitri called Tree as the GM. Zoheb, called Klau, as Miraz, Prince, as Vickers, Emma, as Joan, Adiyat, called Soap, as Abbas. Blades in the Dark and the original inspiration for Udo Asha by John Harper and Evil Hat Productions. Iruvian Playbooks by John Stone Metzger. Jalandahar, Intro Music by Kevin McLeod. Outro music in Kiravani Ragam by Yusri Nivas. Follow us at Desperate Attune on Twitter or email us at desperateattune at gmail.com. Support us at ko-fi.com slash desperateattune. <laughs>